0: hello everyone welcome to inspected goals the pod that tries to improve our fpl play through a more analytical approach as you can see sam has uh, has vacated the spot tonight he's uh currently in estonia with the with the england squad such as his fantastic job that he has that i wish i had um and we're sat here but i've managed to get um quite a good replacement for him if i don't say so myself it's my old mate andy from uh, fantasy football scout and now let's talk fpl andy how's it going bud
1: I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on. We've done a few spaces over the last few months, but good to be back on YouTube together.
0: Yeah. Do you know what this reminds? You know that Paul Rudd gif where it's like, who'd have thought? Look at us. It's kind of like that (laughs) with the the fantasy football scout links back in the day. Um, Yeah, it's good to talk, mate. Um, I don't really know what we're going to talk about, to be honest. We try to cover various topics and hot topics as we go through the um, go through the the game weeks. But when you're as a special guest, you kind of throw me so we'll just sort of pick stuff from the chat I've got a few questions and we've got a little bit of a structure so we'll work through it sounds good to me Um, first of all how did you get on last week then because it, it wasn't a particularly good one for you was it as far as I know
1: no it was I got 70 points on a wild card it was bad I mean the really like the wild card wasn't great I don't know if we want to go through it um, completely but it was the it was the captaincy that killed me I, w- I would have got Ooh. a very small green arrow if I'd capped in Harlem but I went for Salah Went for, I guess, the upside pick, and there was basically just downside. 18 points dropped from <laughs> that move, um, and and nothing else really came in. To be honest, apart from Madison and Ward, like James Cancelo, Trent got three between them. Solanke got two, Mitrovic obviously the zero-pointer, so yeah, it was just bad. Uh, one of, Probably the worst week I've had so far this season, so it was a great time to be invited on the channel i really appreciated that
0: yeah i did think that when I invited you on literally caught you at the time you're probably least likely to actually appear but it happens man trust me i've been there many many times as you know with similar things it always hurts most when it's like you used a chip right because you get yourself really excited about exactly. it but we all know it's not for one week it's not just for christmas is it so hopefully you're pretty happy with your choices moving forward or or not
1: so much not not really not really i mean the problem was is everything i said would could be like worst case scenario happened so i made i mean to be fair ward came through with an eight pointer so that wasn't too bad but i I basically made sacrifices to get trent and in. but then Mm. i also said i kind of need them to bang against brighton because if they don't it's that arsenal man city and and essentially i'm waiting until game week 12 for them to really come good mm-hmm. and in the meantime people are getting points from all the other players they have instead so no not really I'm not I, I think the next couple of weeks could be could be bad to be honest oh, have to wait and see. I'm, I'm gonna captain Harland this week so that's a plus but <laughs> no I shit. think uh, I'm not expecting much from Trent and Salah against Arsenal Man City unfortunately maybe Salah might be all right but Trent it's not looking good right now no Arsenal just looks so good don't they I mean I'm sat with two Arsenal in my
0: team and Martinelli Um, And My transfer plan this week was actually supposed to be Saka to to Zaha. Um, I'm having cold feet about it, to be honest. I just really, really like um, Saka at the moment. But not having Zaha might be a problem. I did all right last week. I think I ended up with like 92 or something, which was obviously pretty good in the grand scheme of things. Overall, it doesn't feel like fantastic because I think lots of people around our rank and we're competing with just had absolute stormers like a hundred and a hundred plus yeah it's
1: quite a few on twitter weren't there
0: absolutely um but i can't complain you know i had harlan captain which was the main main thing to get right i had madison in my team basically didn't have bowen or foden who's my boy so quite annoyed about that um, but that's part of my approach this year is trying to avoid my favorite fun picks and try to play in the right way but foden might be working his way into the the right way i don't know we'll talk about that um so yeah i mean Anything about this game week surprise you? I'll ask you that about the fixtures. When I was looking through them um, and and sort of in hindsight and looking back at the scores, nothing really stood out massively to me. Obviously, 6-3 is a massive score for Man City, but anything really surprise you about the fixtures? I think it kind of went to type.
1: Um, yeah, mostly. I, I I don't know about surprise, because obviously they've been playing well. But I think a lot of people considered this last week just gone to be the first real test for Arsenal. I know they played Man United and they lost, mm-hmm. but on another day I think they could have won that. I think Spurs seemed like the first test and they kind of passed it with flying colours, right? 3-1, mm. really good result. And now... I wouldn't say perceptions are necessarily changed, but I think people are going into next week thinking, well, Arsenal could definitely get a result against Liverpool. Whereas if this was any previous season for like the last five or six, mm. we'd probably be all going in thinking Liverpool are winning. So that could still happen, but I think there's a much bigger chance that Arsenal now get that win. So that's not a surprise, I would say, but I think it is kind of significant. Mm. Um, elsewhere, I mean... Not really. I guess Brighton scoring three... Look, I didn't necessarily expect Liverpool to definitely get a clean sheet, but to concede three just Mm. shows how their defence is going so far this year. Um, You know, I think a lot of people have already talked about the fact they've changed formation against Rangers, so maybe that'll be something they go for going forward. But yeah, nothing nothing else that surprising, I don't think. I mean, another clean sheet for Bournemouth. Um, (laughs) They they do seem to be just trying to defend at the moment and not attack, but... um, yeah, nothing, nothing else. I think that Arsenal result probably the biggest one.
0: Yeah, I think it's quite significant. I mean, people are talking about them being in the title race and stuff, and you're right, it's one of the sort of few tests they've had in their opening fixtures, one would say. I think it's still impressive they've managed to win all those games. I think it's been touched on in the past that, you know, it's not just because you've got the games, you have to actually still go and win them, obviously. And they've done it in quite impressive style. And, that game was red card affected, let's not forget as well, I suppose. So maybe it could have turned around. Um, I remember, I can't remember what the stats are off my hand, but the Brighton game, I'm just trying to bring it up now. I think that, um, yeah, the XG for Brighton, 1.37 in that game, still fairly high, but to get three goals off of it, I suppose Liverpool's is actually quite similar, 1.47. So probably just a little bit of outlandish finishing or you know goalkeeping or whatever. Trossard took his goals really well, didn't he? So on another day, maybe not so much. But it has been going to type, like you say, Liverpool just... They keep shipping the goals, man, and that's the whole thing with Trent. Right? We love him for the attacking returns, but um, you know, it has been said in the past that's all you buy them for. But you do kind of need the clean sheets to go with it at that price, don't you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you you definitely do. I mean, I've probably said that in the past before, and obviously, we you know, the games where they lose the clean sheet and they still get an attacking return are great. But Mm. yeah, you don't. I'm not having Trent unless I think he's getting clean sheets going forward. Put it that way. and uh I, I don't know I don't know how much to read into that Rangers games obviously that is a bit of an easier fixture anyway it's certainly much more easier than playing Arsenal and City mm. um I, the real test will be from game week 12 I think the thing with Trent right now I don't know how much on a tangent we want to go is just I, I think with probably Liverpool players in general if you've got them you feel like you've got to hold on to them but I don't think anyone's worried about not owning them right now which seems absolutely crazy mm. but I but there's just other defenders people have got: Cancelo, James, Trippier. Obviously, everyone's captain in Haaland, so Salah's less of a worry as well. I think that's the that's the big difference. It's not necessarily that Trent is now a super super bad pick. It's just that no one's really concerned by him. Um, and I think that's what's kind of changed with Liverpool. There's just there's just that worry is just not there at the moment.
0: I suppose not. Not for most people. I mean, I have that worry because I put a little bit more weight on. Um you know history rather than the the most recent games if I can try to do so. I mean there's nothing in me yet that still think you know suddenly thinks that Salah and Trent have just dropped off a cliff. You know I think probably like you and most people that um you know come the end of the season those guys are still going to be right up there points wise and it might not be the case but to me I still don't think that you know taking seven games or whatever it is is enough to say categorically they're just bad picks. And that's why you've obviously picked them, right? On your wild card and people have got them. But I have got a lot of questions. I and mean, we it's just basically saying, like, should I sell Trent? Should I sell Salah? Stuff out like already. You just touched on it. I don't think you can, can you? I
1: think, um, I, I spoke about this on a video today. I think if you're going to do it, it's, it's really got to be now. Because I don't see why you would hold them for for Arsenal away in Man City at home and then sell them, right, mm. for game week 12 onwards. I think if you've got them at that point, you should definitely keep them. Um, I, I don't know, it's really difficult because if anyone asks me if they should buy Salah right now, there's there's probably no real need to because the only reason you really need him is for captaincy and I just don't see many fixtures where people are going to go against Haaland. Like, e- even me, someone that's captained Salah way more than I've captained Haaland this year, Yeah. I'm wavering now on game weeks 13 and 14. I just don't know if I want to take that risk of going against Haaland who seemingly can just score against anyone. So selling them's a bit trickier. I, I feel like I feel like most people's teams are not so good that they've got the luxury of selling Salah. And I do think for game week 12, he's a good option in the blank. I think then it's Nottingham Forest. I mean, that's one of the worst defenses in the league. I think as bad as you might think Liverpool and Salah have been, there's goals in that. And people keep saying to me things like, um, you know, you've got to take the Bournemouth game out of the data because they excuse it. They scored nine goals, but that just shows what they can do. And they're about to play Nottingham Forest, who are arguably even worse. So... Mm. Yeah, I don't know about selling him. I, I think for me, if you're if you're going to want him back, then I don't think you sell him. If you're genuinely prepared to just go without him, then sell him. I, I don't really see a big issue with that right now. But yeah, I think I think it's a similar thing with Trent. I just don't see like if I didn't have Reese James, and I was thinking about Trent to James, I would I think I would probably do it because I just don't see a clean sheet in the next two. Really, okay. James, James obviously plays in twelve as well. There's not many players I would sell Trent for right now. I think Reese James is one of them I think Cancelo's is a hard one because he's got Liverpool then a blank so I don't think you can do that But I think Reese James is one you could make an argument for plus it would free up some cash
0: I I certainly agree with the James thing I think I did um, FPL Focal does like a little video and sort of asks for what what are your thoughts and considerations and I thought well I'll just go for who are my favourite pick in each position from now pretty much to the end of the season and James was the first name that came to mind in defence so I agree there I had loads of questions around pretty much what you touched on there about the one premium And always Captain Harland, which you said there. And I think, I mean, I've always said it certainly, and I think most people will say it. The captain's armband um, is what makes these premium players at that price their value, essentially, when you couple it. So if you are genuinely not going to captain, you know, another premium, it doesn't have to be Salah, um, and you are just solely going to do Harland, then I do agree with doing that, because I think that is probably better for your team. The only thing is, you touched on there, game week 12, I still think Salah is the standout captain in that week, and we don't have Haaland, and then you've also got the Forest game. Um, The other element is, if I did get rid of Salah or another premium, and yes, got loads of the 8 million mids or whatever, and whoever else, I I still feel like there's more money than I actually need. I feel like you can still kind of get that and still have Salah.
1: For sure. And, and,
0: And let's not forget, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but Haaland could an injury or whatever happens and suddenly your team's in a position where it's extremely hard to restructure you know i think that's a part of what this is about we all know that we're resetting at 16 so to suddenly do massive resets when we've already seen big at the back then it's suddenly like you've got to have three forwards and now you know funnily enough after a week when all the eight million mids have gone mad it's you've got to have five eight million mids you know we still suddenly we don't want three strikers then next week it might be something else if you play in that way, you just you end up getting burnt, don't you? It takes too many transfers to restructure. I think sometimes you've got to learn to let some things go.
1: I think that is the big point. I think, if it, yeah, if someone said to me right now, I'm going to go with one premium, I would say, yeah, that's fine. you just captain mm. Haaland every week. And I think, to be honest, depending on you know if or when this injury to Haaland could happen, right, um, then there's an easy pivot straight to Kane, who doesn't really have... Awful fixtures. So he could even be your captain if, if Haaland does happen to get injured. Yeah. Um, but I think it's what you touched on. It's trying to pivot to that right now it just seems really difficult. So I if I think about my own team with Salah, um, I mean, I've got no other, unless Mitrovic is out, I've got no other transfers to do this week. So I could use one on getting rid of Salah. But realistically, the, the two players I would go to are Foden and Saka. So as soon as I do that, I add an extra player that's blanking in game week 12. Yeah. And then if I do it after game week 12, it's Nottingham Forest and Leeds. So do I really want to get rid of Salah before those games? And if I don't, it's then game week 15. It's just too late to kind of pivot away from that. And I'll find other ways, like Madison, for example, obviously great right now. But in 13 and 14, he's got Wolves and Man City. So if I want to get Foden or Saka in, that is the way I'll probably do it, is to get rid of Madison. So I, I think it's just, it's having enough transfers to pivot away from it. And is it that many more points? I'm not sure. Like out did, uh, put a tweet out earlier. I think he ran some, some testing. Like uh, one premium, yeah, yeah, one premium versus two, and two came out on top more often than not. I think I'd have to go and find the tweet to be sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it still worked like that. So. Yeah it is good and yeah i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't argue against anyone that wants to permanently captain Harlem but it's just pivoting away from two premiums i'm just not sure that's worth the transfers right now yeah. at least not for me other people might be in a different position
0: absolutely and um, you touched on it there but we're going to look at the review wildcard team that i put together um, this week and actually it's got three premiums in it still which might wow. surprise some okay. so it's got yeah kane, that does surprise me it's got kane Salah, and Harlan still um it did until I excluded Kane in order to, <laughs> there's various uh, versions of it where it would sub out Haaland for Kane, which I just wasn't having and I didn't oh, know what to yeah, yeah. do, so I ended up excluding him. But that originally did have, but we'll look at that in a bit. Um, you touched on something there as well that I think is just going to guide us, it's too early, isn't it, is the, is the fact that Mitrovic, we just don't really know what his situation is. Um, we need an update really around his injury, unless I've missed it, there hasn't been one. Um, when I was looking at sort of the elite 1k ownership for Mitrovic it's crazy high like it's 96.8% I'm looking at between the elite managers which is you know the sample I think is the most important to look at and um, you know if he's out for multiple weeks then suddenly all our transfer plans suddenly pivot don't they um, even wild cards or whatever not that I think anyone particularly is doing a wild card this week but um, that's going to have probably a big effect I think if he's out for one week which is what um, maybe we, we might anticipate um, I, don't, I don't know what that's based on that just seems to be the vibe that I'm getting that he might be out for one week um, benching probably still seems like the most sensible thing there doesn't it um, people like me I mean I've got Nico Williams and Patterson on my bench and that was unlucky because Patterson got injured straight away Nico Williams you know he might still play but I think off the base of last week there's at least a little bit of element of doubt there Oreo was pretty good when he came on isn't he So suddenly I might be extremely thin on my bench and then have Mitrovic so this is how quickly these problems can come around to you um, yeah, so I think that might affect us quite a lot, to be honest. And it might, you know, that's why part, doing these pods early sometimes can be um, can be a bit of a pain that way. I'm sure you know about that because you stick out videos all yeah, the time, yeah.
1: don't you? <laughs> anyway, yeah, we, we we don't know. You're right. We haven't. There's been no update. I, I do wonder if that's maybe because there's going to be good news. That's what I'm hoping for. Like for Fana, for example, goes yeah. and gets injured yesterday. We've already got an update about him. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of like you. I don't. You you said it earlier that you know, a couple of weeks ago it's like we've got to switch to three four three, there's so many forwards. But if Mitrovic is injured and I've got to swap him, then suddenly I'm not really sure there's too many out and out like too many forwards that I really want to go for. No, I think but it I mean, would be
0: um it would be Haaland and Jesus, isn't it? And they both blank in twelve. I think if anyone yeah. was saying you have two up front, I think you'd probably say from now to the end of um, you know, when it comes to World Cup and sixteen. Uh, you know, Jesus and and Haaland probably score the most. Maybe Kane you could throw in there as well, but obviously the value. Yeah, so
1: expensive.
0: Yeah, and and obviously they don't play in 12. I mean, that's the way I would look at it. Outside that, it seems quite scarce now.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, there are are other forwards you can go for, for sure, like Wilson, Tony, Scamacca, even Mm. maybe even Martial, but, they kind of Steady. all come with they all come yeah they are kind of all come with slight issues either minutes are possibly a concern fitness is a concern <clears throat> excuse me or or in tony's case i'm just not actually that sure about the fixtures right now so it's, it is a bit of a tricky one i'm like you i've got nico williams on the bench i'm now suddenly worried about him uh, and i'm also really annoyed with myself because i had the money to put Trippier on my bench on wildcard and i didn't do it and now i can't afford him so it's uh yeah i, I need mitchovic to be fit i think right. i think and, and to be honest with you, I, I, again, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later. I'm not actually sure what I will do if he's not fit or if he's out for weeks because part of me thinks just save the transfer and maybe reshuffle to a back four, possibly. Mm. Um, but I think it's like you said, Shemingo, we've only got a few weeks till 16. I, if I do reshuffle, that's it then. I can't go back. Yeah,
0: and you're, booking, and you're kind of booking in transfers, aren't you? And it's the fact that you've yeah. got, we've got to um, you know, incorporate a blank into this as well that just makes it even harder to reshuffle and pivot, I think. Um, anyway, we've, I've brought up on the screen here with the team ratings XG, uh, which I've labelled it anyway, which comes from FPL Chase, our, our old mate, who basically does all our graphics for us because we're too lazy. Uh, he's fantastic if you don't follow him already. He does a lot of this stuff. Um, he's basically got the adjusted XG from game week 10 to game week 16 uh, on the expected goals scored by each team. Um, right at the top, we've got Man City, no surprises. I suppose maybe there's a surprise in the fact that they blank in 12 and they're still top, but... You know,
1: <laughs> I mean they've been ridiculous again, <laughs> have not they? Like, yeah, I, I get it, I fully get it.
0: Absolutely, you got Liverpool right there as well. So, um, you know, with, with Trent and Salah, you know, potentially not the worst there. Uh, Arsenal finish, uh, are in third, and they've got a blank as well. I mean, that is probably slightly surprising, um, but their fixtures they're tricky, aren't they? Because they're fixture just before in Leeds, and probably their fixtures just after, certainly the, the next two after, are good enough. And FPL review does really like Saka. I was looking at the expected points, and he's still really, really high up, and that's why I was talking about quite nervous taking him out. Actually, like I pretty much have to do it. I think to have twelve, um, to have eleven players in game week twelve because of my injuries to Patterson and possibly Nico doesn't play, um, but. I don't feel great about it because Saka... Have you got two free transfers or just one? I've just got one, but... that.
1: Okay, it's a bit harder than yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look
0: at the projected points for these guys on review, anyway, Zaha's got 31 and Saka's got 28.6, so we're talking about two to three points, which can be quite significant, but over, over six games, that's not a huge amount. There might be a transfer elsewhere in my team I could do, for example, a Paterson or an Eco to a playing player that's probably going to help me more, especially if then I actually get 11 players out in 12. But anyway, that's talking about my team specifically. In terms of this data, is there anything that surprises you about this? I mean, the fixtures, obviously, it's tried to account for them. It's adjusted based on the fixtures and the performances, but we've got we've got the best teams at the top, which has been the same way all season, pretty much. The fixtures have an effect, obviously, but how much of an effect. Um, these names just seem to be there all the time. Your your team, Man United, are set there in sixth, and I've seen a few questions about them, actually, as well. So does any of them actually interest you beyond the Bants? <laughs>
1: is in man united attackers yeah think, or? yeah
0: we've got questions about it we, we've literally yeah. i'm trying to see if i can find his name to name drop him but yeah crack on
1: yeah i, I think that there's only two we should really be considering and that is marshall and rashford I, I don't think anthony like i like I, I like most of what i've seen with him so far i don't think he's going to be an fpl option anytime soon and sancho we. i mean we could go off on a tangent but i just he just had hardly any good games for Man United, and he just never really looks on it so I think the only two I would look at is Rashford and Martial but Martial's only just back from injury mm. and so I just worry about his minutes I think he probably will start but he isn't probably going to get much past 60 or 65 and there is a chance that he just doesn't start as well so mm. that that's my problem with them and then the fixtures I don't know I know I think Man United attack is as bad as Man United are the attack still isn't that bad um but I'm not i'm not overly keen on the fixtures if i if i recall i'm just nah. bringing it out yeah they got to play both spurs and chelsea in games 12 and 13 and, I, and and given how we approach the man city game i know these fixtures are, are easier than playing against city i still worry though about whether the team will just sit back and just like they were so afraid to attack against man city um so i just don't really like the next four if i'm honest and, and even everton away like, I know the date this is where
0: the date is terrible, concerned.
1: isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Everton, like according this is where I get conflicted because the data for Everton is that they are still a bad defense. Mm-hmm. but I don't know if they are that bad and like, you've got Idrisa Gay there now and Anana's playing all right, and Cody and Tarkowski are doing okay as well. I just I don't know if that's a a great fixture. I, th- I think we've I think we've going going away to Everton. You almost like have to score early. And if you don't, I think they'll just make it tough. Yeah. So I just, I just, I'm put off by Man United attackers. I just don't think they fit in very well with the current picks that people have. I mean, they're
0: playing five at the back, and they're definitely a defence-first team. And you're right; they've improved their team. I don't think anyone can can question that. Um, they were an absolute shambles before that. Um, so I agree with what you're saying but it is obviously that recency bias and the data still says they are bad so I still think it is a good fixture and ultimately Man United are sixth on this list so they are projected to score the sixth most amount of goals across these fixtures despite them being bad but that's part of what I wanted to ask you today and I mean I had a question from Visuna it says how much do you rely on on the on the models so we've obviously got review that we're using here he says you keep an eye on Mikels and stuff and um, you know clearly you don't just follow them blindly I think you're quite like me where you take it on board but um ultimately you probably have an idea yourself or something that you Or at least try to twist the narrative to suit what you wanted to do in the first place which I'm not sure is is always a good idea but it does feel like that with you as well
1: yeah I think I, I do use them I think I almost use them as like uh like almost like a second opinion I guess like have I missed something um and if I'm looking for like a new player and i want to check you know all players under a certain price i might go and check it just to see if there's someone that i'm underrating a little bit or Mm -hmm. possibly even overrating as well and it doesn't mean that if the model says this player is really good and i think they're really bad that i'll go for them Mm. but it does make me kind of second not not second guess but just think about it a little bit more um but i think i would say that i'm i'm more I, I'm just always aware of what teams and players' underlying stats are. Like, expected goals, expected assists. Mm. And that definitely plays on my mind when I pick a player. I do find it difficult to completely ignore that. Um, like, I just I just won't mostly now make a completely vibe pick. I remember how I used to play, mm-hmm. and I would do that. I just can't do that now. I find it really difficult. So, for example, like for Liverpool, I know you've obviously got it up on screen everyone's telling me Liverpool playing really bad and I can see it right they're not playing as well as we would expect them but I know they are still top two for expected goals so far this season I know that Salah's numbers are I think better than his second season for Liverpool yeah, and they like are 0. the
0: same 7 XGI or something per night yeah 0. Moment, it's
1: it's 0.71 yeah and uh, I think 0.25 of that is expected assist the rest is expected goals and that is better than the fourth season he had at Liverpool and we know that the last five seasons he's done brilliantly so I'm kind of thinking in my head, OK, I, I can see they're not playing as well. And I, I know that Salah is not shooting as much, but he's still racking up the underlying numbers. So at some point, that's probably going to turn around. Um, so, I, yeah, I would say, how do I play? I'm just, I'm always aware of those numbers. That's how I knew when you mentioned Everton, their date is bad. I just know it is because mm. I've, I've looked it up. Uh, and I know that before this week, Leicester weren't in the top five worst defences, which is part of the reason I picked Ward uh and everson so yeah it does play on my mind and i do i do look at models for sure Um, but i won't like I mean I know there's always so many boring conversations about them on Twitter but nobody goes and clicks a button and says okay this is the wildcard team I'll pick that and then clicks the button next week and says oh that's the transfer I'll just yeah. do, do that it just it just doesn't work like that for sure Well, one, I think
0: it's... one person did last year he followed it completely and he finished in the top 1000 I think he finished like okay. 200 well, maybe we'll need to change 289 we'll need to change. I mean that's not always going to happen but yeah I'm I'm exactly the same as you I mean I I generally as my process now which I try to do to just curb myself essentially is to run is to run uh through a review run my team through it to run the solver look at what it suggests but i don't really pay attention to what it says necessarily on the transfers that much or look what it what it says but uh, i'll have an idea in my mind but um, really, I look at the expected points and just check that it's not vastly different to what I think, or yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know exactly what you said. You know, if over a five-game week period, I like the look of Saka, I think he's good. I go look at him, and he's suddenly fifteenth on the list. Then maybe I'd worry. You know, if he's in the top three or four, then I'm like, okay, I'm happy with that. You know, that sort of thing is what I expected. But I think part of that probably comes from playing the game a long time as well, right? Sometimes a lot of stuff fantasy probably feels instinctive. Um, you know, it's not that's not a brag. I think it's just because we played it a lot and we're all so heavily involved in the game. A lot of what is obvious to do most weeks is obvious to most people as well I think who have been in the game a long time you know for me it's trying to avoid the recency bias though right that's the thing that I think is really hard especially when you've got Twitter and you've got everyone else who calls out everything you know every second someone scores in a meaningless game you know, it's all over Twitter they're great now the eyes emoji you know Man City can't defend because they've conceded three goals to Man United you know that, that sort of thing that I really think it does help you to cut through and that that's what I try to use it for
1: yeah that so that again i always like i always try and refer people to the actual analytical people because i i just a pretender really i don't really know what i'm talking about but um that that is kind of more what i think has helped me is like understanding that you shouldn't necessarily change your opinion too quick on a team or a player that's either performing well or badly right they Mm -hmm. might be better but we don't know for sure and so you shouldn't heavily change your opinions based on that so liverpool i mean we're going to talk about liverpool a lot because that's all i've banged on about all week <laughs> um but i mean to be fair if you look at their output goals and goals conceded it's not actually that bad anyway not compared to how people are talking I about them. the
0: same amount of goals as man city
1: yeah exactly now i know the expected goals man city are better but expected mm. goals conceded but yeah that's what i think is interesting because the way they're talked about is they're the worst defense in the league sometimes but anyway to get back to the point like, I won't change my opinion on them for for a while, and and look, sometimes you you do get stuck with that, and they are just worse, or not Liverpool, but in general, a team is just worse or is just better, and you're a bit slow to it. Mm-hmm. But there'll be plenty of times when that's not the case, and you just don't over, kind of what what's the word I'm looking for? Just overexpect from a team or whatever. That's a bad word, but you know what I mean. Like you no, don't I suddenly think... change your mind so they are now right up here. Instead, they're actually just a little bit raised. So yeah. that's what I find helps. And also, sorry, just to. Before you cut in um i find it helps me knee jerk less as well like i still get frustrated i was very frustrated after my wild card but i know going forward the team is mostly okay mm-hmm. and i think it stops me from doing that knee jerk that i know people hate the word optimal and stuff like that but i find analytics almost helps me know that i've made a good pick and that it won't always work out and that's okay i think that's what's Absolutely. really helped me over the last couple of seasons
0: Absolutely, I think that nails it on the head. At the end of the day, at least it's based in some sort of mathematical logic, right? Rather than hunches, and if it doesn't go well, you know, it's not—it's not just like dusting the shoulder off. The go, oh well, well, the robot told me to do it, so you know, they're to blame. It's more like you say it's peace of mind. It's like you know, at least it was in sound decision before the outcome. You know, there was some, there was some. Uh, grounding behind it you know that that's what I think it helps to give you it's almost the same when you touch it of bouncing opinions you bounce it off of review it's no different really from me bouncing I've you got know, say I bring up Mark Southerns and go hey, listen Mark you know what's going on with this or anyone does it they might ask their mate or they might ask a content creator or on Twitter what do you think about this here's my moves here's my transfers you know rather than ask someone who probably doesn't have the time to respond properly or care enough because it's not their team I'll ask someone who can cut through all
1: the bias and that's you know that's the way I try to look at it I think I think another another buzzword that I know people hate, but I'm going to say it anyway, is like variance. And it's not using variance to say that you just always got unlucky when it didn't go well and that you, did, you made a good decision when it goes right. It's just knowing almost that football happens sometimes. When people say to me like, you know, XG is just showing you what's happened, it's no good. I, one of my replies is always, or, or if they say what's the point in XG, one of the replies is always, if you ever watched a game and said the words... How did we not win that? That is almost what expected goals (laughs) is trying to tell you that, you know, on another day, that team probably wins. And if they keep on getting those chances, they will eventually start winning. But there's no, obviously, Mystic Meg crystal ball approach that's going to tell you exactly when that's going to happen. So you have to try and learn to trust it. And it's it's a bit like the Jesse Lingard thing, right? That's still in my mind that he was probably overperforming a little bit. And I didn't jump on him, and he carried on doing really well. But there'll be plenty of players where I did the same thing, and they didn't carry on. And I've done yeah. better, like Bernardo Silva, for example. It's over so, many
0: examples. That's right. You might you might not get everyone right, but that's the approach, isn't it? If you do it a hundred times, you might get eighty five of them right and fifteen not, and that's the the general approach. I mean, there's far yeah. worse ones than that. We've had Etienne Kapuie hit about six goals in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. We've had, I mean, Lee Catamol scored three times in three weeks. You know, and it's very hard to say to someone you know oh I should get this guy because his you know his role's changed in the team and Kapui's suddenly a, a great goal scorer and he's scoring points and he's 4.5 million you know you can't really say to people look don't do it um, because then you look like an idiot when he keeps scoring but ultimately is it probably a good decision I mean I don't I don't know what Kapui did after that but I don't
1: think it was very much right no um, not not a lot don't think. <laughs> yeah um, and like I and it's not that I completely I'm not one of those people that completely brushes off like conversations that aren't analytics right about form or how a team is playing they're looking good and stuff like that i Mm. just i just don't use it a huge amount to inform decisions and again sometimes you just get it wrong and that's kind of fine Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how i approach it i would say i do use models but it's more just having that that expected goal data in the back of my head all the time Yeah. and um, just knowing that football can happen sometimes and um, you know sometimes it'll be in favour and sometimes it won't
0: and ultimately we're playing a game that lasts for 38 weeks and we're having to base it on extremely small samples a lot of the time right yeah. so how much use a lot of this is is questionable and that's why you know, especially in terms of review and their model, they put a lot of weight on historical data, right? Which people struggle to grasp. I think you know, like the whole Salah thing—he's not performing. Oh,
1: trust me, trust me. I'm getting it in the neck every single day oh, about Salah. I, feel, I feel. need him to, I need him to score soon, honestly.
0: See, I, I in the past, you see, when I just decided to do whatever the hell I want and not care, I wouldn't have Salah, and I'd get it in the neck nonstop for sure. having him. You know, I'm used to that. Um, I've also brought up his team ratings here for expected goals conceded so it's the same it's the same chart essentially but obviously the other the other side so it, it's going kind it of on clean sheets um as you would expect man City despite missing a game right at the top expected to get 2.73 clean sheets over those next fixtures um you know Liverpool Crystal Palace are in third which is quite interesting I think on terms of man city they're worth talking about in terms of the defense right now because I think people funnily enough after they score six goals kind of want to switch to, to three attackers they don't want a defender um, I personally don't think it's about that I think there's more to it than that isn't it I think it's more around the rotation right I think there just seems to be issues at the back I don't really care the fact that they've conceded I still would, would put quite a lot of money if I, if I had any on Man City keeping the most clean sheets um, from now till, till 16 but I think it's who do you pick outside Cancelo or maybe Edison it's quite tough isn't it
1: well yeah you'd have to tell me that too. you're the man city lineup guy like i yeah i i definitely want cancer part of the reason he was on the wild card is i'll over bench him in 12 or i'll ship him out with a transfer and get him back with another one mm-hmm. um so i definitely want and i think the, the easy explanation is he's the only one that i expect to play every week right now um and so i would love to have a second one but i just don't know who i don't again you tell me if i'm wrong because you're the expert um, but like Kyle Walker's injured, so my first thought is, well, maybe Gomez is going to play more. But I don't even think that's going to be the case. Like Ake could play left back, and Cancelo could play on the right, and obviously they can use whichever other two centre backs are like Kanji, Laporte, Diaz, etc. So I want a second one, but I just don't think I can't buy them until game week thirteen, mm. and, and I'm not going to. Be, I don't think I'm going to be sure by then who to buy, and by that point it's going to be too late. So I, I think, to be honest, unless you got the money for Edison. It's probably just going to have to be Cancelo only, unless you're prepared to take a bit of a risk. Well, some and arguably, don't want Foden. Any. Yeah, I I don't get that to be honest. Like, um, in some ways, I'm a little bit annoyed that I went for Cancelo on Wildcard because I did think they concede to Man United, and I do think they're going to concede to Liverpool. So that's two out of, out of the three since Wildcard. They're not going to keep a clean sheet, and then they got a blank. But I think from 13 to 16 onwards. Like that is possibly three or four mm-hmm. clean sheets for Man City. So I, I do want Cancelo. I I get what people are saying about whether or not he's he's too expensive. Because his his underlying numbers are not great this year. No. They're they're way down. Um I and I do wonder if the whole he's playing on the right, so that might make him more attacking could be a thing, possibly. But I, I just think it comes back to your earlier point that especially if you're only going one premium, it's pretty difficult to spend all the money. Mm. So there's way worse players you could go for than Cancelo. So I think I I think I think still want him, to be yeah.
0: honest. I mean, for me, again, we're basing it on seven seven weeks, really. mean, we? Man City played seven games? remember I mean, seven or eight, anyway. They've played... Um,
1: they played eight, I think. I've
0: played eight, okay. So they've played eight games, you know, and we're talking about a team that last season you wouldn't even have dreamed of getting rid of Cancelo. And we know that his role changes... It's not just left back, right back, and people throwing those narrative. He played left back a hell of a lot last season. You know, people will say all oh, the you know, the dynamic of the teams changed because Haaland's there and yeah, I'll respect that. But I think you can see in other competitions when Cancelo has been given slightly role. I mean he's done fantastic in the Champions League. He's got he's got quite a few attacking returns in that so far. Um, it's also the fact that he just racks up bonus and the nailedness, right? That's the added things. I'm yeah. not even too bothered about the other stuff. You know, if he didn't get one attacking return from now till sixteen, but he played every game. Um, and he was always in the frame for bonus, which he generally is, then he's still a good option because you're getting probably the only nailed, fully nailed on. Um, we'll say that now, we probably get rested, but uh, member of their back line, right? He is a little bit expensive for what he's offering, but it's, it comes back to it, it's seven, eight weeks. You can't base, and I do see it a lot, I think, online, um, you know, just, just generally on Twitter or wherever on videos, you know, Foden's playing on the right now. He's a great option. Well, there's no guarantee he's even going to play next week or even if he's going to be on the right. He could be on the left next week. Yeah, yeah. You can't base it on that. He does it based on the opponent. Um, so, yeah, I still really am a big fan of Cancelo and I can't see him leaving um, personally. I think Crystal Palace in three are interesting. I don't have any of them. I think because people are looking to um, make their defence a little bit cheaper, I think in general. I think that's been the, the general vibe I'm getting, you know, trying to get more in midfield and up front. They offer obviously some cheap defenders with here some you know good chances of clean sheets. They haven't really performed that well. Do you have a. Do you didn't get any on wildcard, did you, from Palace? I did, yeah. Oh, who I did got you... gay?
1: Okay. Because so that... in game, game week 12, they got Wolves at home. So I was looking for players that could cover that week. So I, I don't know how often I'm going to play them. Um, they got quite a few away games like Leicester, Everton, West Ham Forest in there. But um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting when you. We've obviously talked about. Um, like we're playing on short sample sizes, right? So you can't like obviously you can't wait a whole season to see what the data is before mm. you use it on the no. season playing. But Crystal Palace are a really interesting one because I'm not sure where to put them because last year they were top five defence for expected goals conceded. Yeah. This year they're bottom five. So they've gone from like real, really good to really, really bad. I know they've had some pretty poor fixtures, mm-hmm. but I just wonder if they're more in the middle. But I just I do think their fixtures kind of trump everything at the moment. So I do think if you want someone cheap gays pretty decent, that's who I've got. The other one that I really like, which kind of corresponds to your list as well, is Zuma at West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the bad thing about him is the worst fixture is in game week 12, when a lot of people are going to need that cover because they play Liverpool away. But they, they've done really well so far this year. He's got goal threat. I think, to be honest, he's probably the only nailed West Ham defender at the moment. Um, yeah. so I really like him as well if people are looking for a cheap cheap option
0: Absolutely, but I think your point there about 12 and if we look at the, the graph you can see the teams that have got the best chance for a, for a clean sheet there um, it is really important then I think if you couple a very good fixture in 12 and then some decent fixtures after that um, there's some names that stand out and we've already mentioned some of them but another one looks to be Dunk or at least someone from, from oh, Bro- I know, yeah. from Brighton because he's 0.43 and 12 which is one of the highest um, and then after that, he's obviously got a, a really bad game straight up. Might, I think that's probably Man City without looking at the graph. I think it is, if I remember rightly. Um, but then the games after that are fine. And he's a he's a big fan. On, well, I was going to say big fan. Review is a big fan of him as well. So um, I'm quite interested in him. Esputinan is another one where I think with him around the minutes aren't quite as secure, right? And we've got a new manager. But it looks like he's probably likely to play that role if Trossard is going to kind of play up front like he was. It's kind of a little bit of a punt, but that feels a little bit more exciting than Dunk. You know, that's the kind of move I would have definitely done in the past and I quite like, but I probably won't do. Does he appeal to you at all?
1: Nah, I, I think it's just that like you, I think in a normal season you can take a, a bit of a punt or like in a normal kind of span of 10 to 12 games or whatever. But for this one, like if you're buying them, you're buying them because there's a blank and that if they don't play, you've mm. probably got no bench. Or I think you've got to play it safe um i, I i'm th- this whole episode is just making me annoyed about my wildcard picks because i really I, I even before he started coming up in the template on review and stuff i really strongly looked at a brighton defender to cover that week and for the couple of games afterwards i decided to go cheap and get nico williams instead and obviously now he's a doubt so that that is kind of uh mm. annoying but i actually might I, i'm not quite sure what i'm gonna do in my transfer in the next couple of weeks but if i've got a spare one i might look to bring in, bring in a brighton defender i might go for webster instead just to save the point one million, um, I think his goal for it's probably just as good, but I do, yeah, I do like Brighton. I think them Palace and probably the only the other one that I don't own, but I know a lot of people already do. I guess is Trippier. Like game week twelve mm-hmm. is second best only to Liverpool, and then you are some pretty nice, nice each, and it's an attack and returns uh, as well, are definitely a possibility. So like for me. Again, all comes down to how many transfers are spare, but I, I'm thinking of doing Cancelo to Trippier for 12 mm-hmm. and then reversing that afterwards. Okay, yeah. Um, he just looks great. Obviously, for most people, they're just going to hold on to it, but I just don't have enough room well, for Well, I think him, a lot but, of people uh,
0: might do Cancelo to 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 Trippier if they don't have him or maybe Trent in that week, right? I think that'll be quite popular to sell Cancelo in 12, maybe for one of yeah. those two, depending on who you don't have. But I think alternatively, if you are looking to go cheap, then obviously the Brighton one does look pretty good at that point. Yeah. Um, FPL stomach, I'm just going to cover that question now actually because he says who do we target from Brighton offensively, I mean obviously Trossard's just scored a hat-trick so he's right in the frame I, when I was looking at Brighton's fixtures I wasn't like massively you know, I didn't find them massively appealing but I guess there's that Forest game right in 12 that is just so appealing, um, I go back to the expected goals, they are ninth on the table so still fairly high They're very high in that particular 12, the 2.2 um, which is the highest alongside Liverpool I mean, Trossard's just the obvious name, isn't he? Would you go anyone else or would you even consider just getting him in? Because I've seen a lot of people saying, well, rather than go Zaha this week, I'll go Trossard or I'll you know, sell Mitrovic and I'll get Trossard instead or something along those lines. I've got to admit, he does
1: appeal to me. If Trossard outscores Salah in Game Week 12, <laughs> I, might qu- I might quit. Honestly, I might quit because I, I think, given how everything's going... That is what people are going to do, and that's going to make me really annoyed when he outscores Salah. But um, yeah, I think it probably is him. Like I know Gross has had a fairly decent season, kind of up until this point, like three goals, two assists already. But Trossard looks to kind of be the main man right now. Obviously, there's a bit of you know knee jerk bias or whatever because he's just scored a hat trick. But he probably is the one to go for. Um, I think I think some people are looking at Welbeck, but I just. I don't. I got to be honest. I don't know what his numbers are like, but he's just he's just one of those players I can just never get behind. Like you just always feel like there's a run of blanks about to happen. Well, and I, and an I just don't. Think, yeah, and I just think I look at Spurs, Man City away, Chelsea at home in the next five. Just doesn't really appeal. I know most people are looking because of game week twelve, but I just wouldn't use a forward slot on Welbeck. So I think it's got to be. I think he's got to be boring and, and say, yeah, it's just Trossard, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, reviews still really high on Gross. It was high, and to be fair, it was high on Gross before the season started. So it, it certainly yeah. got that right. Um, you know, set pieces are a, are a thing, right? And at the end of the day, if he's getting the minutes, he's a good option. Um, I suppose there's just the element of doubt around the new manager. I think he was the first person subbed. I mean, it was a way to Liverpool. He's not probably the kind of player that you can i think afford to carry in a game i'm not saying that he was being carried but you get what i mean you need everyone running around and trying their hardest and gross is probably one of the names that does that the least out of their their, their teammate you know Casido and MCallister are are all over the place aren't they so i don't think there's too much to read into that but i still kind of like gross i think he's okay but i just think there's too many other midfielders right now and trossard you know if he is going to be playing up front um you know his numbers are good and i still probably do prefer him overall i think he's a fine pick to be honest
1: and to be honest, looking at the fixtures, I, I, I think I think this whole cap- I know I know often people talk about captaincy, and then when it gets down to it, they they get kind of get put off. But I think it's going to happen. I think I don't think he'll be higher than Salah, but I think in the community, like the people we're competing against, I think he could be right up there. Because I look at the fixtures, I'm just not sure where else people are going to go. Really, yeah, exactly. Um, like maybe Madison against Leeds at home, especially if Madison has done well over the next two fixtures, that might be a thing. I guess you got Mitrovic against Villa but it's it's not really do you you know, Sterling remember, against
0: Brentford. Do you remember last season was it there was a week quite similar yes. to this where Kane and Trossard?
1: Yes. And everyone I went, went Kane.
0: Yeah, I went Trossard on that week and it obviously yeah. works really well but I think you know if I was to replay it again Kane was the right decision despite despite it not being the I'm right I'm telling outcome. you
1: Trossard's going to score. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's the, the way, feels it's like the like it, way things it? are going right now I can just feel it. But um yeah I don't think it's a bad shout. I think I think Salah on Paper will probably be the best option, but with, with his ownership the way it is, it's, it's probably not going to be that painful, even if he hauls. So, if you don't want to pivot to him and you just want to get someone cheaper in, I mean, Trossel's only 6.7, so it's very easy to get him in. So, um, would you sell yeah, Martinelli
0: I, for him? Because I've seen people talking about that. Uh,
1: it's a possibility. I'm, I'm just a bit. This, this is kind of where I'm like definitely not an expert with the analytical stuff because they'll be able to tell you how much, you know, 0. 0.1 million is worth in the long run and stuff like that. I'm a little bit put off by selling Martinelli or Haaland because I'll lose more money than selling Cancelo. Yeah. So for my personal team, that is why I'm looking at Cancelo because I'll only lose 0. 0.1, whereas for Martinelli, it's 0. 0.3 and Solan- uh, for not Solanke, Haaland, it's um, 0.4. But it, but it could be the better option. There could be, it could be more points. At that point, then it would be Trossard versus Trippier, essentially. Mm. Um, well, I'll tell just, you now. It's just Forest. It's just Forest. That's that's what's making me want to do it.
0: According to review, Trossard is twenty five point nine from now till um, World Cup points, and Martinelli is twenty four point four. So we're talking what one and a half points difference there between them. When you factor in the loss of money. It probably doesn't seem right, as obviously it goes to, to type. But if you were to yeah. if you were to couple that with the armband in twelve, and he goes off, that obviously will make all the difference, right? So,
1: yeah, I mean, I, yeah, for me, I've got Salah, so I'm, I wouldn't do that. But I, I get the point. I just think with Martinelli, he's he's definitely going to be someone. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about him because he is kind of being flogged at the moment. He's playing tonight, he's, isn't it? He? Yeah, they just don't really have anyone on that side because Smith Rowe injured. Um so I think I think even if Smith Rowe was fit, like Martina would be playing the majority of kind of the main games, right, the Premier League ones and stuff. But without Smith Rowe, though, they seem to be playing him a lot in Europe. And it's funny because when he first came, on, I know he's obviously quite young, so that might have played a part in it. But I seem to remember everyone talked about him as this injury concern all the time. He and did now use he's to playing get Niggles him. a lot, yeah. Yeah, now he's just playing all the time. So that is a bit of a worry. But I just look at the fixtures and think I'm definitely going to want him from 13 onwards. He's basically nailed for 80 to 90 minutes at the moment so i'm so i'm gonna have to pay that 0.3 it's not a case of maybe bringing him back it's definitely bringing him back mm. and even even if we're looking long term which we don't need to get into massively but after christmas look the fixtures aren't great but if arsenal continue to attack like this and essentially i've got a six million pound attacker from them then west ham brighton newcastle spurs man united evan like i can get behind that for six million absolutely you don't so, want to lose the value do you? that's the thing yeah so I, I don't think i can sell him but i think it's what you said if you're in a position where you're looking for a captain then maybe you can justify it but that for me I'm just going to go Salah and, and look forward to the
0: assist yeah I, I personally just can't see a world where I would be happy selling Martinelli um, you know he, he hasn't been returning as much recently but I don't think that matters I think with Arsenal's fixtures his value his position he's playing I mean anyone even if you just use the eye test from last week I thought it was fantastic versus Spurs again I thought they all were to be honest but um, yeah, I can't see that being an option personally. I mean, benching in for 12 is the most obvious thing, but I think when you take the value out of it and you think, well, I'll just switch Martinelli for Trossard for that week or anyone else, I don't have a problem with it. But then, like you mentioned, you probably do one in back. So then when you factor in two transfers, I think the best way is just to find, you know, just to bench him personally um you talked about xg and people saying it's useless and how um (laughs) you know it just shows you what's happened i'm going to bring up another graph here just very briefly from fpl chase Um, and it might be quite small on the video so i apologize i've had to split it here so i'm just going to explain i'm going to attempt to explain it for the podcast you probably have to watch um, to get the full picture um we've got uh i'm gonna bring up the other screen first actually so expected goals non-penalty game by game from fpl chase here so what he's done is he's plotted the graph the blue dots are wins, reds are losses, white are draws. Okay, he's got the X and Y axis, and as we go to the, the other um, screen, you can see the X axis is non-penalty expected goals for, and the Y axis is, is against. So really what you're looking for is, is stuff in the very top right corner of the graph here. They're scoring, you know, expected to score a lot of goals and not concede any. So Man City, which are in the middle left there, are, are your best, obviously, they're absolutely smashing it. What I find quite beautiful about this, and I know you would expect it, <laughs> being expected goals, is nearly all the teams that have actually lost. They've usually done pretty poor on the old XG. The ones that they've won are generally in the top right. The ones that they've lost are generally in the bottom left. You know, and and then anywhere in between is sort of the draws and stuff are usually in the middle. And it's many teams. It just matches up for so many of the teams, and it's just a reminder. I think if people look for it, it's probably best to go to his Twitter feed. There's not too many standout games where that changes. You know, generally, if you're doing well on the old expected goals, you're probably going to get the result. And we know that football is a funny game; it's not always that way, but for the vast majority, it is that way. You know, the other thing that stands out to me is just you know how good Arsenal are there again in this graph. Just absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, they're having a, they're having a great season both ends. Honestly, they are. Like, I'd happily get an, at some point an Arsenal defender back in, like Saliba or, or Gabriel. Like, they're just. Um, Yeah, if they can keep, like, title contenders, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for anyone to kind of get past Man City because they are just ridiculous. But if they could keep up the numbers they're doing now, maybe even slightly improve, I mean, there's a chance, a very slim one, but... You know, there is a little bit of a chance. So that Jim Carrey dumb and Dummer um, gift. <laughs> you just never know. I mean,
0: second or third looks pretty nailed on right now, but we've said that before, haven't we, about football and things can change very, very quickly.
1: Yeah, for sure. It can sure. Be, you know,
0: one injury. Salibi gets injured and it might have a massive effect on him, you know, or even Xhaka yeah. or whoever. You, you know, there's lots of players that are probably relying on quite a bit to stay fit. I mean, just drawing to Man City as well. The, the one game here that they actually conceded um, nearly close to 2xg to was the one game that they, well, not the one game, they did draw another one that they drew. It's, it's just beautiful when you look at it properly and examine each team how closely it matches even over a small sample so um, you're not going to you're not going to be able to sell it to me that it doesn't matter I'm afraid
1: yeah I, th- I think it's like I think it's hard because you sometimes you've got to hold your nerve through bad results and it's it, is, it can be difficult to do when everyone else has jumped onto you know, the player that's performing really well, even if the numbers don't quite match up and you're trying to, you're trying to hold firm and it just doesn't work out. And then Mm. when it does flip, they just jump on that player anyway. So it can be difficult, but yeah, for the most part, it's decent. And and anyone that doesn't, they said people don't want to use it. That's fair enough, but I don't like the, I I don't like the idea that it's just, it's it's useless. I I think what annoys people sometimes is like someone would just be trying to have like, I mean, for want of a better word, like an eye test conversation about a game, and someone would just jump in and say, Yeah, but the XG said this. And like, that just doesn't help. I think that's when people get annoyed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but
0: if they're using, if they're quoting one game's worth of XG, then that's also not particularly useful exactly, either, right? Yeah. It's good. To, yeah, exactly. that, that's the general point. I don't think that's particularly useful either. I mean, look at Spurs right here. You know, they've all the games where they've actually been in the top right corner, so generally done better for, for the XG conceded XG um, uh, four, they've won. All the other ones where it was fairly mediocre, they've drawn, and the one where they were terrible, they've lost. I mean, the, the, I d- <laughs> that's not always going to happen, but it's beautiful for Spurs.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to look at. I, I don't know what to make of Spurs right now. I just like Kane is is super consistent, but they just they don't strike me as. I mean, they just scored six past Leicester, I guess. So I don't know. I was about to say they don't strike me as a team that's going to go and score loads of goals, but they literally did like a week or two ago. So <laughs> I, I don't know. And like defensively, I'm just not sure about. And like, we all had super high hopes about Perisic and. I just, What do you think about Spurs, right? Are you looking at getting any
0: of their players in? To be honest, I haven't had any Spurs all season. I've not had a single Spurs player. I've not had anyone. Um, That's not my complete choice. You know, there's been plenty of times where I've wanted Perisic and there's been plenty of times where, I mean, I would have had Sun for his hat-trick if Paul O'Keefe said he was starting, for Christ's sake. Um, But he wasn't, so I didn't have him. I was actually on Wildcard that week. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think they've gone through... I mean, Conte's obviously a world-class manager. I know people poo-poo Jose Mourinho but he was a very good manager I know he got a tune out of Sun and and came but a big criticism while his his time was there that Spurs you know they did this kind of thing right they weren't as good as potentially they could have been they were more the counter team they conceded possession and when you're when we're trying to pick players that are going to dominate like in man city we're all spoiled by man city we want our players basically you know <laughs> generating huge chances all the time xg on top of the game all every single game and that's not going to happen but there are teams that are a bit closer at the moment like arsenal and liverpool have been and when you watch spurs you just don't get that vibe and whether that should matter or not i don't know but it when you couple that with extremely expensive players and the fact that I think in any given fixture you can't guarantee. I mean, you're saying I saw Mark Southerns on um, on Blackbox saying he's really happy to get uh, the Spurs players versus Everton, and we've been through this already, right? You just said the Everton data's really bad, but would anyone be surprised if in the Spurs game when they played Everton, Everton just tried to grind out a wonder one? That's the, particularly the kind of game I think that Spurs have struggled with. They seem to struggle with breaking down teams, which is. You know, it's the, one of the, it's the hardest thing in football, isn't it? I think when you've got a really good... thing, right? Yeah, Same thing. exactly. Um, and, you know, that could easily just be 4-0 because Spurs are great and, you know, Everton are bad, as we've discussed. But there is a world you can see where they will just grind out and that's what they will attempt to do. Um, and Spurs just generally struggle with those kind of games, I think. It...
1: Yeah, I think one thing that's really interesting, again, this is sometimes you... It's like you know, people know it, but I I quite like seeing the numbers. Is when you look at expected goals per ninety so far this season, Spurs are fifth, right? So not bad at all, one point no. four five. But Newcastle are ahead of them. I think I think how well Newcastle are doing is surprising me a bit. Like I had a lot of lot of discussions with people. I didn't think they Newcastle. do as well. Yeah. Yeah, like I kept saying, like I know they've improved. I know they're a better team. I'm still not sure I'm as high on them as you lot, but they've been brilliant so far. Um, yeah. So so there it's, that's why I'm looking at, you know, if I do replace Mitrovic, Wilson might be an option. But just to come back on Spurs, I think I'm still half tempted to look at Perisic because I think a lot of their fixtures mm-hmm. from now until game week 16 are pretty good. And I think his minutes are going to be pretty decent as well. Like, I think, I think it's almost like, i'm gonna say harlem but i'm not sure it's a good comparison in that conte's always gonna play him as much as he can and just try and rest him as much as he can at the same time Um, maybe not quite the same as harlem but Hopefully, you try and get the point I'm trying to make. If he can start him, he's going to start him. And I don't bring think him off to... if
0: they're comfortable, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think at least I was thinking at, at one point that he could easily start just missing games. I'm just not sure that's going to happen. Well, not um, at the moment,
0: especially with Emerson yeah. out. He doesn't seem to trust exactly. all the right backs. Um, I think the thing, the appeal with these guys, right? Um, we all want a defender that has some sort of attacking output. I think that is the meta, and it has been a long time in FPL. You have to get defenders. I think in general that have some sort of attacking output. Okay, not not all of them. There are players like Saliba and, and Gay and stuff like that that can do a job at those low prices. But the way the game is priced, it makes you want to pick those guys. And then when the likes of Cancelo, Trent and James are extremely expensive and maybe not got games or the clean sheets are happening, instinctively, when you want to move down, you start looking at the bracket, well, where's the next guys that are attacking and have got chance to clean sheets? And Perisic just instantly jumps out, right? Review keeps recommending me Cucurella I don't think he's attacking out is anything like that. And I'm a bit anxious to maybe put him in but I think he kind of potentially fits that bill, right? If he's going to play the left wing back role at any point, or he sometimes take a few set pieces, or he has, you know, you start to move to that bracket, the middle level, the trippier level, right? Where um, you know if you're going to take some money out, but I'm not happy to go all the way down. I don't want a defense full of those those lights like Gaye and Saliba and all these guys. I do want some attacking output. So Perisic just ticks that box. So I still think he's a good option.
1: Yeah, I'm possibly, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe look at it in game week eleven for Everton at home. It's just whether or not I want to hold on to him because. I don't know about the fixtures. Like, the Man United away, I could see Man United scoring. Liverpool at home, you see Liverpool scoring. Newcastle at home, I've just said how good Newcastle's attack is. So, it, they haven't got easy fixtures, but there's plenty in there you could see them grinding out. Um, grinding out a clean I think sheet. it's hard so I, to
0: find the clean sheets, though, isn't it? That's why we pick these guys. It's, maybe they'll get one, but it's the, the attacking output. Maybe we fall foul of this all the time, but, you know, you you can quite easily fill your team with people that you think are going to get clean sheets from some of these lesser teams and they cost 4.4 4 million they have no attacking returns and you're basically looking at a two or six you, you know that's what's going to be isn't it because, well maybe even a one if yeah they but I always want
1: to I always want to yeah it's like you said I always want to chase you want to try and get someone who's a bit more attacking it's like Kukurea you mentioned I, I'm not I'm not sure about him I don't think he's going to play left wing back is he's, he's basically the thing and he might play kind of left centre back and, and overlap a little bit mm-hmm. but well,
0: now for out, it's probably a bigger chance of that, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I don't know if Koulibaly's going to move over and Koukerea plays left centre-back or not. We'll have to wait and see. I think Chelsea are really annoying right now because they've obviously got a new manager and the fixtures are, are pretty good. There's a lot of away games in there, but we're not quite sure what's going to happen because they've only had three games. The first one, they played Sterling left wing back. The second one, is ill. And then obviously the third one, he's back, but was he fully fit? Then Fafana, Koulibaly, and Silver play. One of them gets injured, so how mm. does he reshuffle that? Is Sterling at any point going to go and. I know he wasn't a traditional left wing back. I'm, I'm not saying that, but on paper, that's where he lined up. So is he going to go back to that at some point? Is, has Chilwell got that spot nailed down? What's Chilwell, early, was... isn't it? yeah what's Chilwell's fitness like he's had a really big injury there's a long period of this season where he just hasn't been match fit right he didn't get any minutes for England Tuchel was hardly playing him he just played twice in a row is that a good sign for his fitness or does that mean he definitely can't play the next game and there's just all these question marks where I'm just not I'm not sure and I want to go for it but again with and I know people always say you shouldn't let the blank cloud your you're thinking, but you do have to take it into account because if you buy Chilwell or Kukurea and suddenly they don't play, that is a problem in a couple of game weeks' time. So I just... I want... If you could tell me right now, is going to play every game from now until 16. Oh, I'm yeah. buying him this week, right? Yeah. But I just it's just not happening. So I can't, um, no, yeah, Chelsea defenders. I just find really tricky right now outside of Reese James.
0: I do think that, I mean, again, it's probably just based on the vibes and the fact that Potter obviously was there before. And I do feel like Kukuera will probably play every game, but you can't say that for certain. You can't say it at all. And like you say, it might be a left center back or left wing back, but then they switched to a four as well. Um, I think he's got a decent chance to play every game, but it, you know that's just one man's opinion. It's it's meaningless, really, isn't it? Like you've just touched on. I mean, Potter's got a reputation for rotating. Full stop, and he probably doesn't know his best team yet. And the other thing is, is there even best teams anymore? Like in modern football, especially for the top yeah, teams, yeah. they change depending so many, on so many, so many different factors. Right, the opponent, the tactics for that specific setup, you know, the fitness levels. You, you can't say for sure, can you? So he does it.
1: For what it's worth, just to clarify my thinking on Kukurea, I, I do agree that his minutes will probably be pretty good because he'll either play a lot of time at left centre-back in a back three or back five, whatever. And if they do switch to a back four, I think he will probably get left back over Chilwell, mm. which again is another mark against Chilwell. But he actually, if you, if you look at where he played last year for Brighton, he hardly ever played left wing back. He did early on when he first came into the team. And maybe it was because of injuries and stuff. But later on, he was always left back or left centre back. So I think that's more where he's going to play. So it's not his minutes I'm necessarily concerned about. It's just that I'm not sure how attacking he will be. But he will get some set pieces, like you said. So, yeah. you know, around that five million, if you've already got Trippier, there's probably not a huge amount of other options.
0: No, we, we start to scrape the barrel instantly now, don't you, with the attacking defenders, I think, that are viable. And that's why we've got to the likes of Cucurella and Perisic after the big boys. I think it's very hard to pick them out. I mean, you could look at someone like in the past, Castagna, James Justin. You know, how much can you rely on Leicester? They, I know, they just got a clean sheet versus Forest, but I'm not sure you can rely on that too much. Their data isn't particularly good either, um, attacking wise. It is it's scraping the barrel, isn't it? But on that note, I'm going to show you the wildcard team I put together um, using review. Now, if I can find it here, I'm interested to see this because I've not, I have no idea what it is. Okay, so. What I've done, there's lots of different settings on FPL review, I'm not gonna to go too heavily into it, but I've put the free transfer value at one, it's standard at 1.5, I like to bring that down or it doesn't recommend too many transfers just for the, just for this really. Um, the solver depth is for seven, so for seven weeks it's only taken into account um, on heavy as well, which is a rating which takes a long time to actually register. And I've just put a wild card in, I've put no restrictions, so you can have three at the back and do whatever. I actually ran it yesterday and it had triple Chelsea defense, it had Fafana, Cucarella, and James. Fafana got injured, so now I've removed him. The other caveat I want to put on here is I have force-excluded Kane, specifically because if I didn't, it would do Harlan to Kane, and it wouldn't start with him, and I knew no one's ever going to go with that, so I've put my own spin on it a little bit, so I apologise for that. But I think what it is useful to here is just to show you, I don't think many people are wildcarding this week specifically, but some of the names that it just thinks fit perfectly into it, and there's some names that consistently came up in all the different versions that I looked at. Lewis Dunk was in there all the time. Okay, I think it's mainly like we've talked about because he comes in in 12. Okay, you can see that. I'm going to read it out for the pod, actually. So the wild card in Game Week 10. It's got Edison in goal with Sanchez on the bench. So a lot of money spent in goal. Um, That's obviously to cover the blank in 12. So Sanchez would play. So it really likes Brighton defence in 12. Uh, I can understand with Edison because we just discussed we don't know who else in defence is going to play for City and it's still very high on the City defence. So I get that. And also I think the minutes... You'd have to adjust the minutes right. I haven't touched them. I think probably you could buff Foden. I don't think Review has them 100% right, personally. Anyway, I'm diverting again. Edison in goal with Sanchez on the bench. It's got James, Cancelo, Trippier, um, Dunk and Johnny from Wolves. Okay, and then it's got Salah, uh, Zaha, Trossard, Saka and Andres Pereira. And then it's got Haaland, Mitrovic and Solanke up top. Now, Solanke featured in nearly all of them as soon as I excluded Kane. If I didn't exclude Kane, Kane would be in there sometimes. And this obviously relies on Mitrovic being fit. So how many premiums is that? So I took out Kane, didn't I? So it's got Salah and Haaland at the moment, so just two. I think that's fairly consistent of what most people have done and what your
1: team set up, right? How close is that to your team? I think it's pretty damn close, isn't it? Yeah, you can imagine goalkeepers are slightly different. I've got Ward Ward and Everson. so I've spent 7.9 million. This has spent, like, what, nearly 10 million um, Mm. on on goalkeepers. So the front three is the same. Haaland, Mitrovic, Solanke. I've got... Zaha Salah it's interesting that Trossard's in there I guess it's just that I guess it's that game week 12 game mm. I've got Salah Zaha Madison and Martinelli still um, and then I-, I would assume if you'd left Kane in, it probably would have put Martinelli in instead of Saka I think he was in yeah he was yeah, in yeah yeah and then I've got James Cancelo and I've already got Trent but it's really the thing that kind of stands out to me straight away is that it sells Cancelo in 12 which makes sense right, I'm looking at doing that too but it doesn't buy him back just leaves him out Mm. i I just i'm not he's now making me question did i make a mistake by just putting him on my wild card um because originally when i was looking at game week eight wild card Cancelo to trent in 12 was going to be my move um so yeah that that kind of stands out to me but yeah it's an interesting slanky i'm i don't know i've got him i know he's only 5.7 his numbers are atrocious like (laughs) and i knew that when i bought him but small sample um,
0: small sample he was very good last year in the championship
1: granted i know i know but um yeah it's just the the thing that i'm kind of worried about as an owner is it's just it's hard to pivot away from him so you kind of if you're going to go from you just got to accept that you're just sticking with him until game yeah but you're
0: doing it you touched on it right at the start you have solanke because you want salah and you want trent to fire yeah that's exactly that's what you want that hasn't happened so far but that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen
1: the, the other thing to kind of point out here, because a lot of people won't do it, is that it wants to captain Salah three times, so yeah. it wants to do it in twelve, which makes sense, and then thirteen and fourteen. Mm. People aren't—I don't think most people are going to do no. that. I'm—I'm I'm scared of doing it, to be honest. I think I sit—I'm sitting here thinking, how can I not captain Salah against Nottingham Forest? But <laughs> Haaland's just—it's it's just, it's just who's Haaland got that week? I can't remember. Brighton at home.
0: Oh, God, man. You're so not going to captain Forest Salah way. versus Forrest? Oh, God. You just made me realise that that is going to be a thing. I didn't even think about that.
1: I just don't know how... And this is the annoying thing where I know that... I'm not saying that captain Salah this much has been a good call because I knew at the time if I didn't captain Haaland against Forrest and he scored like two or three goals, I would look stupid. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and now it's that tricky thing of... Like I'm I'm second guessing. Am I now gonna captain him against Forrest because I just want to prove that he can still do it? Or do I generally think that he is the best captain? And then on the counter it's like, do I really just want to take that risk? Like, what is it really worth? Like, I think the problem with Haaland is you always expect him to score. So straight away, for there to be a big gap from your from your other captains, so like if I go for Salah instead of Haaland, he's already got to get at least six points. So Salah's gotta get what, like sixteen points just for there to be a ten point gap? And 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 Harlan can easily just get more than that. So it's so difficult to to justify the captain anymore. At least for now. It might like you know, if in Game Week eleven Haaland had I'm trying to think now, Chelsea away or Spurs away, and Salah had Forrest at home, that's different. I would probably still happily captain Salah, right. but when it's that close, I just I just don't think I can do it. I'm too worried. Well, that is
0: that game week 14, sorry, when, um, when Salah has Forest away, isn't it?
1: No, no, 13's for, Forest away. Th- uh, 14 is Leeds at home. And that week, Haaland has Leicester away. And again, I look at that and just think the way Leicester have defended so far, even as a Ward and everson owner, like, am I really prepared to go against well, Haaland? I'm not sure I am. Well, Salah at the moment
0: is ahead in 13 by 0.4. So 6.2 points expected for Haaland, 6.6 for Salah. Now, this will obviously update as we get closer to it. 7.3 for Salah in game week 14, 6.4 for Haaland. Right, now you obviously buy into it in some way because you've got Salah in your team. We talked right at the beginning, right, that you wouldn't have Salah if you weren't going to captain him. I think that's right, right? And...
1: Um, I, uh, no, I'm saying it's I'm saying it's viable. I'm not saying <laughs> I would definitely do it. I'm saying it's viable. I
0: think. Yeah, well, no, no, you're, now you're edging the other way, right? So I think given the advice we give out or whatever, if we're not looking to captain Salah, you probably shouldn't own him, right? You should just do the Haaland thing, but...
1: Yeah, oh, but I that, you still this,
0: probably would captain Salah in those scenarios. Uh, we'll see when we get there, right? But the forest one in particular,
1: I know, I know, <laughs> I, I, I know, I, I fully get it, right? That could be another five, six goals for Liverpool for sure. I got to be honest, right? And again, this is where I'm not fully, you know, super analytical, FC or whatever. I, I honestly think I need to see Salah get a big haul before that game oh, for man, me to even consider it. i I think i need to see it because it's just it's just not happening and it's worrying me i (laughs) I think i need to see it if it doesn't happen i'm gonna find it really i just can't put up with the the pain it causes and also let me just double check right and again this should not be coming into your thinking at all but yeah okay so here this is what makes it worse game week 13 the first game is liverpool against Nottingham forest so if he (laughs) blanks again I know that's my weekend ruin again and that Haaland's <laughs> gonna go and score a hat trick against Brighton. And I know I shouldn't look at the times teams are playing, but Haaland's broken me, basically.
0: No, right? I can understand that. At the end of the day, as much as you want to remove emotion from the game, it's extremely hard to do, right? And
1: Yeah, that Man United game was honestly it was it was like double whammy. Like Man United getting absolutely massacred and Haaland just I, yeah. I, I, the second goal... I swore for this I won't say it on this part, but I swore for the second goal. And and then after that, I just laughed. I was like, I cannot believe what I'm watching. No. It was it was mad. I just and I just can't. And I know that's not going to happen. He's not going to get five returns every game. I fully get that, but it's just it's just it's, a, it's it's more of a risk thing. Is it is it worth that risk for just a couple of game weeks? Well, there's only about
0: point, a point a point or naught point four between them in thirteen, according to review, and naught um, point nine between them in fourteen. So if you if you're saying is it worth a risk on, you know, under a point, probably not right that's when you play maybe 14 0.9 i
1: think is quite big it's it's significant
0: it's definitely significant yeah i mean these will change by the time we get there and it's a long way away right but i think ultimately we're trying to plan for that i think a lot of people do have salah and i can't see any reason you know i've said we already had the the questions about it if you've got salah i don't think you're going to sell him i just don't see how you can sell him personally i think you just hold on because you've kind of bought a ticket now and you've got to see it all the way through i think the worst thing you can do sometimes is make a plan get on it you know for for good reasons and then you know after one to two games of it not working decide to abandon it um i think that that's when it really can hurt you and go the other way that's the way I look. Uh,
1: yeah and i think again like it, as much as the captaincy is a big thing with these players and that's where the value comes at some point you've got to spend your money as well mm. that, that's a thing like you can't you can't just have value and points we've for got so players. much this
0: season everyone's so cheap exactly yeah
1: And the thing that I really can't get behind, which I think annoys me more about the whole Salah thing, is a lot of people are suggesting he's not worth the money, you're not captaining, go to De Bruyne. And the point I keep trying to make is, for me as a non-De Bruyne owner, there is only 0.4 million difference in that. So if I'm not going to own Salah because of his price, why am I going to own De Bruyne? Because I'm I'm definitely not going to captain him, Mm. right? He's, he's in the same situation as Trent is in. Every time City have a good game, De Bruyne is a good option, but he's not as good as Haaland. Mm. Just like last season, every time Liverpool have a good game, Trent's mm. a good option, but he's not as good as Salah. So the um, yeah, the, the idea of going Salah to De Bruyne, I mean, this week, obviously, De Bruyne is better, but...
0: But where would you the spend your weeks? money, right? Unless you're improving your bench all over, I think it's quite hard to spend the money. Like I said, I think it's pretty tough
1: well and again there's only limited spots right so he, here's the main problem as i see it right now let's say i say uh, sell salah to foden right that gives me enough money to get Saka as well so i could do andreas to Saka and go for a five-man midfield mm. but after that i've got my Mar- and people are saying in the chat that Martinelli's limping so that's oh, interesting Christ. yeah we'll have to maybe come on to that in a minute but but let's say he's fit i don't really want to sell him zaha's got good, good fixtures. i might not want to sell him and i could then sell madison but so I've already got Saka and Foden so I don't really need another eight, different £8 million midfielder so it's just I, I think on paper it looks good but it's just too many transfers to get away from it now uh, and, I, and I don't really think it's worth it to be honest
0: no you're forcing it and you're doing it based off of I think in the most cases you know the emotion of what's just happened in last week you give it another week a lot of time and the thoughts change like we've already said so these players yeah, are all fantastic goal options
1: Arsenal. seriously Salah just one goal against Arsenal That's <laughs> all I'm asking for it's not a lot
0: See I wouldn't even mind that to bust I mean at this point the Salah one won't even potentially hurt you but Arsenal clean sheets do and I don't have any Arsenal players so it's almost like I don't mind if Salah scores even if I don't own him just simply to bust the Arsenal clean sheet what a strange world we live in um, OK uh, we're going to move on I'm just going to I always do this every week I just bring up the Man City team because I get a few people that come here to follow me about Man City news Andy as you may may or may not know um so I've put up a team here that I think are most likely to play this week um just to caveat this this is obviously before any injury news or anything so I'll update this as we get closer just based on my feelings right now um to talk about really I mean for the pod again I'll just list it so Edison in goal we've got Ake at left back Diaz and Akanji at centre back Cancelo at right back Rodri Silver and De Bruyne in midfield we've got Foden right wing Haaland Grealish left wing now in terms of defence, we've touched on it, I do still think Edison and Cancella are only the fully nailed on people. I feel like, um, who could spoil it at the back? So I think Gomez, obviously people are talking about Gomez very cheap. He played very well against Copenhagen. Um he could be an option and he could have forced his way into the team because he's done very well and he is more a natural left back than Ake. I'll just put the you know the slight sort of breaks on that in the terms of he's not started a Premier League game yet. He's played in the other European game versus Seville. I think he's quite lightweight. And to me, he probably plays the away Copenhagen game as well because it fits that profile. So suddenly you're talking about him starting three games in six or seven days or whatever it is um, after not starting at all. So I'd kind of be surprised. So I think as a result, given the injuries we've got at the moment, I'm assuming Stones is out. Ake would probably play left-back. If not, he'll play centre-back, I think, and it'll be Diaz that probably drops out. I think Akanji's probably close to nailed for this one. I do think... Long. Madder. I do think long-term, Laporte is definitely the best option. Now, I just want to touch on that. He, would, he for me, will be, will be in their team eventually, but the fact he's been out for so long, he came back for one game, is Pep really going to play him two days later straight away? I think, again, he'll probably get the Copenhagen game. It's an easier game to bring him back into it, just from a fitness perspective. I mean, he, he, he um, got 98 or something successful passes in that game, was you know imperious. They kept the clean sheet. I still think Laporte and Diaz, which played that game, are probably their best, their best two at the back. But there's enough doubt now, right? There's enough doubt. So I don't think you touch him yet. It could be that the medical department say Laporte's absolutely fine. And if that's the case, Laporte would play. But there's just too much doubt in that area for me. So I think that's most likely the back line. This is also based on the, on the perception that Rodri's going to be fit and he's going to be coming back. I mean, we don't know that. If he's not fit, the one that's probably likely to spoil that attacking lineup is Gundogan somewhere. Gundogan could maybe come in for Rodri and it stays the same. Or potentially Gundogan comes in for Silva. He's played a lot of games recently. Um, you know or he could even come in for Grealish and silver ends up playing on the wing or F- foden would be on the left in that scenario you know the gundogan could spoil that that attacking lineup but um outside that i don't really see it mara's played very well but i can't see him playing two games back to back to be honest with you um don't think it suits it and i think that front line is you're know, we talking about teams that have their best lineup and obviously pep there's no such thing i think but i think in any sort of general game where you don't take the opponent into account at all, that's probably their first choice front three at the moment, right? And I think that's that's likely to to be it again.
1: Yeah, look, think Greece has looked I mean, he obviously spoke himself about how people are saying he's not played well, but um, you know, Pep obviously thinks he has, and I think he I think he generally has, he just hasn't got that same output that everyone else has. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's looked pretty good. Foden nailed on, as we spoke about on Spaces yeah. a, a few weeks ago, pretty much
0: nailed on. Start of the season as well, I said it, he's, he's the boy, he's going to play, you know, he's not He's not going to be totally nailed on, but he's going to play nearly every game, and he's played every game so far, and his data's been very strong again, you know, there was lots of accusations, he, we touched on this already, he's playing too wide, it's not really working, the number eights are doing well, I haven't seen, you know, Gundogan disappeared after the first three weeks, he's, he's playing very well, Gundogan, but he's suddenly not the support striker for Haaland, you know. Pep will change it about. He'll, he'll find what works for that particular opponent. You know, Foden could, might not be anywhere near as influential in the next game. You just don't know. But his data remains strong, and I think he's just a very good option. Foden, I think he always has been, and he continues to be. Not just because he scored a hat trick.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm. I'm a, yeah, I, I love him as well. I think obviously, we talked about how how many minutes he gets. Like a lot of times, I actually considered getting him for that Bournemouth game. That's the only time I've really considered him all season. And then after that, it just hasn't happened. So I'm, I'm not. I, th- I mean, real quickly, game week thirteen onwards. If you can only have one, have you even looked at Saka versus Foden yet?
0: No, I think I've, been, I've not even
1: looked at it. But okay, fair enough.
0: But Saka and Foden will be right near the top of my
1: list. Want list, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, think it's gonna be, I think for me, it's gonna be difficult if I can only choose one. I'm Not quite sure yet. Okay, I'm so, I'm impressed that you've probably sort of looked at that already. But I suppose
0: it's part of your job now, right? <laughs> you've already got. yeah. yeah. I'm, al- I'm always looking ahead these days. Always <laughs> love it. Okay, um, I think that's just about everything I wanted to cover in terms of the slides. Um, we've got a few questions from the community. We've been going for an hour and 15 already. Apologies, Andy. I told you I'd only borrow you for an hour. Um, we've probably covered a lot of these as we've been going along, okay. Um, But I shall throw some at you. So we've already covered this Sooner's question about the model. We've done Liverpool. Um, done one premium. That came from many. Okay, I like this one from Banger Podcast. So FPL Banger Podcast. He says, free hit in 12. Maybe you've already had these questions on your videos and stuff. But he's citing it, and I get the logic from it. He says you can keep your City and Arsenal, and you can even buy them You know, this week or in anticipation for Arsenal versus Leeds, and obviously they've got very good games after, and we just saw they are right at the top of the, um, the XG ticker that we looked at. So I think, in principle, it makes sense, but are you having that or not?
1: The, the thing for me is, I quite like using the free hit when we can, can kind of almost like pre-planned so we know that probably i mean ben knows probably more than me but after the world cup there's probably going to be a time where we know weeks in advance that there's going to be a blank and we can start preparing for that by taking out players that are going to blank that we don't really want putting in good players either side free hitting in all the players we don't want right same as usual you know the same tactic we do every single season my main problem now for most people is if you haven't already planned for that you've probably got like what four maximum man city um and arsenal players Mm. and they i guess you get the southampton at home game so i kind of get the thinking but then they run straight into liverpool away and i and i know the way things are going like the way the teams are playing man city might win that game but i still don't see that as a game they're going to go and put four or five goals past them so i feel like you're only buying an attacker for like one of the next two game weeks and then they blank and i just i just can't i just don't think it's worth it basically I just think you've I think you've almost left it too late to work them back in. Like are, are people going to buy Arsenal players this week for for Liverpool as well as they've been as well as they've done so far? I don't think you buy players for this fixture. And then yes, the Leeds game is good and you will want them back afterwards. I, I guess in short, I just I don't think they're so good they're worth using a chip on. Mm. I guess is that is the main thing. And I, I think I'd prefer to use it afterwards when we can maybe plan a little bit Longer. I think if you're in a position where you've still got five or six because you just don't want to let them go, then yeah, maybe you could consider it. But I still feel like eventually it'll be way more worthwhile keeping it for after, mm. after the bat. And also, and also you you got to look at the players you can target. I, I guess it's not such a big thing because the key part of the free hitting twelve would be getting to keep the good players overside. Mm. I, I don't know. I guess you could make a pretty good free-hit team. Triple Brighton, triple Liverpool straight away. They're six-year players. So, yeah, I guess I guess it's not that bad of it wouldn't, it wouldn't be
0: any worse than if you were to use it in a blank later in the season. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. yeah. I kind of realised that as I started talking yeah, about that yeah. point, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think it's okay. Uh, but what I would do is, especially if you're on Twitter, is go and check in with Ben first. Because he'll hit Ben Creden, obviously. Because he will tell you if it's going to be more valuable in the second half of the season. And my assumption is it will be. And that's probably why... Um probably why I won't do it. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I think if
0: you offered me a free free hit for twelve, I'd take it all day. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone would, right? Um but the chances are that it's probably gonna be more useful later down the line. I mean there's no guarantee. Um just just trumps it for me. I mean, we're also living in an FPL era where, you know, trains, virus you name it, can happen at any point, apparently. You know, fixtures get called
1: off on a whim these days, so and and also I feel like because of the way it's set up that we've had to use our wild card early for most people i know some people are saving it until 30, i know sam is uh, for example but most people have used it in eight or nine so you've already probably set up in which case you're now going back on what you've set up for um but also if you've set up for a pretty good squad unless there's loads of injuries that come you've probably got a few spare transfers so taking those players out and then putting them back in because that's the thing for me, the fixtures are so good afterwards. You can you can definitely justify using transfers on them. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at maybe getting a second Man City defender if there's one You a use lot it. of
0: transfers to use it for it. It would. It would probably would benching benching headaches for twelve it, and then buying City and Arsenal after.
1: It, it would, but I still don't think it's worth it because no. if you've if you've just wildcarded and your squad is pretty well set up, like how many transfers do you really need? Like I've wildcarded in nine. I'm probably going to roll this week. And I still don't have any clue what my transfer in game week eleven is, so I feel like I've got a couple of transfers where I could, if I wanted to, take those players out and then set myself up to have two for thirteen mm. and bring two of them straight back in. And I think because of their fixtures, that's fully justified. So I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I'm not sitting here saying I definitely wouldn't do it, but it's not something I'm going to do. I think it'll be more valuable later on, properly. Yeah. Yeah. But good luck to you if you do it, because it could work out,
0: you never know. Yeah, this, yeah. this is the thing. We always have um, you know, the optimal weeks that we think that we can play chips in and somehow
1: FPL finds a way to let us down most of the time on these chips. Not that you should go on. Sorry, sorry, only because I just see it. There's a really good point in chat as well. It's not necessarily a blank where it could be useful afterwards. There's there's a whole game week to be rescheduled. And so it might even be the case that after yeah. the World Cup that we can cover the blank and actually it's going to be massive because you can get a full it's double a game with team point. out and, and like it might, and again we all know how it could fall that we've got a full 11 anyway and we don't need it mm-hmm. but it's just that it's almost that unknown we've known for a few weeks now about this blank and we've been able to plan for it and yes Arsenal and Man City are probably the, uh, the best two teams in the league but because we can plan for it and because we just wildcard I feel like it's it's much less valuable we don't quite know what's going to happen with those rescheduled fixtures afterwards so I think Mohammed said that in the chat that's a Yeah, good point.
0: Really good point. Information is power, and we might get just a complete gangbuster double game week, right? Where and the timing of it, I'm not sure. Ben Creling comes into play here, but it might be in a week where Champions League is around, and suddenly we, you know, your Man City options might not be the greatest or whatever, and Spurs might have two very easy games or whatever. We don't know yet. So definitely, definitely think it's worth holding if you can. Um, Marmalade Forest, I like this one because I didn't really know how to say to it. Do you think big at the back was unlucky at the start of the season? Just a miscalculation did we get it right you know was it successful ultimately i mean i suppose that depends who you got and your specific team but what what would you say on it now because i guess because everyone's moving away from it i guess the suggestion from me is that it wasn't the right play but maybe that's not what he's trying to say
1: yeah i i always find these questions difficult to answer because there's like a literal answer like what actually happened yeah it didn't go quite as we expected but to answer the was it a bad call i mean not really you can only go on the day you know like all, all those prices came out my first thought was james is too cheap Cancelo's is probably a little bit too cheap Still Trent think is are. definitely too yeah they're definitely too cheap and so we're going to go for them um I, I think it was one thing i think we're big back is people are way more critical when it doesn't work than they are of any other position mm-hmm. so if, if james doesn't get like a 10 point or any points, it's always really bad but if you get a midfielder in that racks up like a six seven eight point in most weeks you're okay with that but like bigger the back almost has bigger expectations. Uh, but I'm looking at mine now. Like game week one, I got three clean sheets from my four. Game week two, James got a return. Cancelo got 11 points. I mean, two out of four seems okay. Um, the week after that, I had five. That was really bad in game week three. But then straight away afterwards, Cucurera gets five. James, seven. Gabrielle, nine. Trent, 17. Like that was game week four. You know, game week five, Cancelo gets a return. The other one's die. I think I think Trent has probably killed it a little bit and after kind of game week six onwards it hasn't been that great but actually no do you know what? i'm looking at my Sorry, i'm going through the game weeks and i'm talking like game week six wasn't great and game week three wasn't great but then i come on to game week eight and i had Cancelo nine Gabriel six trippier five perisic two i mean i think it's, it's i think it's been all right to be honest I, I don't think it's been as bad as people make out that was my answer it, that was my answer yeah. was it was absolutely fine I think it was the right play I'm not
0: you know I'm not just going to be stubborn I do genuinely believe it was the right play Um, and I perhaps think it was maybe slightly unlucky as well I think it probably could have done a little bit better Um, mainly Trent is what you said I don't think anyone would really have anticipated Trent take that one haul away um, being as bad as as he's been in terms of points anyway I'm not talking about anything else Uh, so yeah I think it's fine and I don't think um that changes. I think there's still great options. I still like we've already talked, Reese James is still would be top of my wish list. I still wish I had Trent in my team despite some people questioning it. I I would still like to have him if I could. You know, Cancelo I still like for this point. And I think over the season, these guys are going to be right near the top and they're going to end up being crazy value again. I just don't see any world where that doesn't happen, really. You know, Every season we seem to be here where we question it at some point. And nearly every season I look at the clean sheet totals and Man City and Liverpool have got 20 clean sheets yeah. again. And I don't see anything that really necessarily tells me that that will change. Yes, Liverpool might be slightly below that this season just based on what they've achieved so far. Um, but I still think they've got time to sort it out to be honest with you I mean, still, Van Dijk isn't suddenly like a terrible player he's still one of the best centre-backs in the world you know, they've still got Robertson who's been injured this entire time they've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world I'd say Matip is an excellent player you know, yeah. it's only a matter of time for me that they sort it out eventually
1: yeah, I mean, if if we're looking, if we're saying 13 onwards is what we're looking at, because obviously the bank does pay a part. I think we'd all happily have Cancelo. There's a chance Liverpool turn it around. We all want Reese James. Everyone is saying that Trippier is good. Arsenal's fixtures are good, so you could go for an Arsenal defender as well. So straight away, that's already five defenders I've named that could do all right. So I think it's just it's similar to what we've spoken about with... Um, you know, selling Salah and and spreading that money, it's just about how many transfers you can use to pivot. And everyone's just wildcarded and gone to three at the back. So is it now worth shuffling to four or five? Mm. Probably not. But I do think there's a bunch of defenders that will do well from 13 onwards for sure
0: absolutely agree i think all the other questions we've covered generally as we've gone along so um i don't think we should carry on i think we should we should just end it you know there's no style here andy we just sort of pull the plug and go see you later good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right fair enough <laughs> let's have a look in the chat is anyone there chatted at all that anything that's useful you know i'm not saying that you know your comments are unuseful they're all very useful i'm sure um what have we got gay or dunk quickly who would you pick you've got gay so i assume you picked that from matthew theron
1: uh, yeah, honestly, I'm going to cop out a little bit with this answer. I've said this for a while now for cheap Defenders. You need to go and look at what game weeks you need them. I think if you're if you're going to have to play them every week, I think game might be slightly better because of the fixtures. But if you're looking to cover certain weeks, like game week 12, for example, then dunk is better for me.
0: Okay, yeah. Rodney says, thoughts on Welbeck? We briefly touched on that earlier in the show, but... Yeah, not interested. Yeah, it's hard to make a case for him. I love him as a player and as a person. He seems like a fantastic lad, but... <laughs> 12, he could he could do very well, but I just, you know, goals aren't really his thing, I guess, and maybe under the new manager, but we'll see. Um, season long data tells me that it's not it's not usually that good. Well, he had he a bit of a resurgence at the back end of last season, right, and even at the start of this season, he was good again as well. So maybe I'm doing him a bit of a disservice, but I just think there's other better options. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I'm not going to go through it. It's just saying about Martinelli being injured, and that starts to depress me. Um, yeah, we'll see. I could have Mitrovic, Martinelli, Nico Williams potentially not playing and Patterson injured and I wildcarded two weeks
1: ago. So um, I, I, I think they said that um, he got injured, was walking gingerly and then he um, then he started moving freely again and then he, came, then he was subbed. So okay. hopefully he'll be okay.
0: We'll find out tomorrow, I guess. I haven't got anyone else to play there, have they? I mean, who would they even play?
1: They could play Nketiah maybe on the left, oh, of course. possibly. Of course they could, yeah. Might be an option. I so said they're not going to roll out Pepe. Are they? Is he even still there, Pepe? No, he's, gone. Is, he he's gone? gone. is he gone? Is he gone? Is he? There's another guy. I can't remember who it is. Now. I'm sure there's another guy that played there in the Europa League, possibly. But um, I, I would assume it. Well, would not Oliveira.
0: Because... He's obviously. No, he didn't mean him.
1: No. Um, is it? I, I, he might have played in a different position. Is it Marquinhos?
0: I think. Oh. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know if he plays off the left, but um, yeah, I would assume Kessie would be the main one. He yeah. played there a little bit in pre-season. So, but hopefully Marzani is fine because. I don't even know where I'd go. I honestly don't know where I would go. Trossard, we talked about it. Guess we yeah, trust... actually, do you know what I probably <laughs> would be? Him or Rashford,
0: I guess. Oh, God, no. God, I can't take that. That's the bias coming out there, surely. He's been playing well, let's be fair. Anyway, anyway, I think we'll end it there. Thanks for joining us, guys. A big thanks to Andy for, for stepping in for Sam. I really appreciate that. He's done me a favour there. Um, if you could, um, we hate doing it, but, you know, the old likes and subscribes, they do get us noticed and we are trying to grow. So if you've enjoyed it, and um, then please do drop one of those that would really help us out any shares as well me and sam are generally too lazy to do any effort we just want it to suddenly be really good and not have done anything about it which is i think andy probably the worst
1: approach to youtube is that right Don't you yeah be... <laughs> quite possibly yeah but you have hit a thousand subscribers now
0: yeah 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 no we're chuffed we, we didn't really want to do it for any other reason than you know our own satisfaction really so it's fine uh thanks a lot guys and we'll catch you on the next one